Welcome to the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. Whether inside or outside the loop, we are talking everything soccer in Houston. Y'all ready? Let's get it. Houston, welcome to another episode of the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and I'm joined by Rodrigo. How you doing, bro? What's going on, everyone? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, man. I'm excited for more soccer to come. Uh, we get another midweek game. So it's some good stuff, man. I think uh, uh, we get to watch a lot of soccer live here, being in Houston. But it's been really wet weekend, man. No, no stop rain. Did you guys get a lot in Dallas? You're muted. Clicker doesn't work. Um, yeah, surprisingly, yeah. Uh, it's been raining last few days. Like today, we got a pretty good short storm in, but like it's crazy because you don't really see that much rain. And then when you do see it, you look around and like I was walking the docks earlier and there was like debris and trees everywhere just falling. Like it wasn't that strong, but we don't get much. So I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, whenever we went to go visit you, that's what it threw me off how much like uh, trees were down and just power outages and stuff like that. I thought you guys were made for for harsh winters with ice and stuff, but I guess wind, wind throws it all apart, man. Man, they don't even know how to drive here during the rain. That's how bad it is. Like, that's that's my biggest thing about Dallas is people do not know how to drive. Like, if if you think traffic is bad here, because I, I know I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, traffic is bad in Dallas. Like, well, one, it doesn't compare anything to Houston. And two, it's 10 times worse when it's raining. And I think the, I don't know, the the highways are a little bit difficult to get around, I think, maybe. I I mean, you've been living there, obviously, longer than you probably used it now. But, you know, when we went, when we I visited, wouldn't say I they're difficult, but they're just, they're kind of, pointless in a way because <laughs> like different way like you should be able to get to your whatever destination one way but all the roads are kind of like jumbled up that eventually really doesn't matter which one you take you're gonna end up in the same way it just it's dumb yeah i don't know maybe that's another good thing that houston has over dine i mean against dallas so that's that's always a good thing to have but uh yeah, Rodrigo, so we are mentioning, you know, three home matches happened uh, during the weekend. And then we did uh, talk a little bit about the Sporting Kansas City match. Um, really, uh, if you want to hit on it, go ahead. You know, obviously, Houston survives in advance 1-0 uh, over Kansas City, man. We love red cards and scoring, not score, I guess maybe just one one side conceding a goal. That's it. Yeah, we in our, in, in really our stadium. love red cards for sure, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we survived 1-0 at home. Had to really play down to, I guess, everybody's last stamina um, on that game. And if you guys watched the game, you saw how the players literally just collapsed in the field after the final whistle blew. And, you know... We go through being SKC, so that's exciting. Yeah, and obviously you, now we know that they'll be facing Minnesota Minnesota United on Tuesday at seven thirty in Houston. So 
Uh, you know, go get your tickets. If you're a season ticket holder, no free tickets this time. You have to go get them. I believe they start about uh, $13. And actually, I don't know what time you listen to this, but uh, the tickets come on sale, I believe, for everybody on Wednesday. But if you're a, or a season ticket holder, uh, I think the, uh, what is not not priority, but anyways, like the guys that spend like three grand on their season ticket or whatever, uh, the premium uh, people, they, they were today uh myself and i guess lower tiers uh are tomorrow on tuesday and then i believe like i said wednesday i believe they go to sell for the general public so anyways that's just hitting on that uh then obviously uh the games that you know or the game that started everything off for the weekend was the houston dash taking on the portland timber i mean the polar the portland thorns i always want to say timbers because they start with the same thing bro um no, this is not anything affecting me, Rodrigo. If you're thinking that that's the case, but uh, yeah, so they they uh, ended up taking the Thorns, uh, a match that I personally thought it was going to be a draw, just because uh, the Dash have been like two phase on who basically they uh, develop or how they uh, show up on the field each game. So I had I thought a loss or a loss would have been like. It would have been understandable being that, you know, you're playing one of the best teams in the uh, NWSL. And then uh, for the Dash to do what they did, uh, basically flipping the game, they were down 1-0 at halftime. Um, Ebony Salmon, you know, played a really good game and even got her finally her first goal. After I think I saw Theo from the striker mention that uh, I think she had like eight or nine games without scoring a goal or something like that. I think it was a, it was a long stretch uh, for her not scoring a goal. But it was good to see uh, for them to stay in the middle of the table and they won't play till Saturday against San Diego Wave. Yeah, Rodrigo. I mean, it makes sense because just that game alone, we've scored 40% of our goals this season. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. And then they have a goal difference on one or yeah, minus one. Sorry. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy that, um, you know, something that we talked about whenever we saw Maria Sanchez and Ordonez and Avenue Salmon on what obviously the later two did uh, last season, uh, you thought it was going to be nothing but goals for the dash that struggled to provide, to provide uh, enough chances in front of goal. And then when they did, they, they would miss sitters right in front of, you know, a wide open box. So um, good to see them get this win. Now they're going to play another tough rival in San Diego Wave and Alex Morgan on, like I said, Saturday, May 20. Uh, I'll be busy that game. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming up in May on Saturday, since this will probably be our only uh, recording of the week. But uh, Rodrigo, then we move to Dynamo 2. Dynamo two um had it had been playing a little bit uh I don't know if like inconsistent is the word. They have been pretty inconsistent, but um they ended up winning their match uh at home again against Royal Monarchs. Uh was it three zero? Was the scoreline yep. yeah, um, three zero. Did, did you get to watch any of that or highlights or anything? I got to watch the highlights really just on okay. this one. Yeah, so if yeah, you want to touch I, on I was kind of focused on, uh, you know, a little bit of Liga MX Chivas. Yeah. <laughs> Chivas. But, 
No, yeah, I ended up just watching the highlights on this one. And honestly, since I guess this MLS uh, Next Pro has been established, I just off the bat knew that I guess this is kind of like our team to beat because we haven't lost to them in the, what, three games. And always been out playing them, you know, last season and obviously now. So I kind of saw some, at least against the real monarchs that, you know, we had the better um, advantage on that. But we got to see, you know, a little bit more of, um, well, I guess we got to see Vanderkurs. You know, he got his goal. But yeah, Vanderkurs scored. Um, Avila, which, you know, we we saw a lot of him last season. Um, he got on the score sheet, uh, especially coming in later as a sub, and and you know what what really I guess ended up just taking the the game for the Dynamo was the red car that um, Real saw saw in the fifty four minute or so. But you know Kenny Bunny and his team. Uh, hopefully, this is kind of like turning a new page for them and starting to you know go on their on their usual trend that they did last year so we can see them kind of succeed more yeah no they've been playing uh playing pretty good i we had talked to um diego gonzalez a, a guy that took over uh one of the key players last season in um marcelo palomino uh, so diego gonzalez steps in to play that number 10 role and he's pretty agile. Uh, definitely, you know, two different players, Palomino and himself. Um, I think Gonzalez has a little bit more of a flair to him. Um, granted, I don't know if he, his vision is as good I, as Palomino was, just kind of reading the plays and being able to do, uh, you know, what is it, what they say, weight, well-weighted passes and through balls. Um, so I think that's a different but. Gonzalez is definitely not scared of like let you know the ball rip, so it's good to see. Obviously, he got himself a long distance goal, uh, just out shooting it just from outside of the box. But um, like you mentioned, you know, for them to um, for them to keep uh, players like him, like Gonzalez, and all these guys they had in a they kind of stepped in uh, with the departures of Brooklyn Reigns going to the first team. Obviously, Casillas is in and out. Palomino is out. And then a couple guys that they lost um, in general last season. So I, I think the only bad news is that um, Siki Soto ended up getting injured. And he was brought, or Avila, Beto Avila was brought in uh, to substitute him. So it's interesting for sure, uh, you know, seeing the younger guys like Soto uh, getting time at, I think he's 16. So good to see that. Uh, and so it's really interesting to see players, you know, in the academy kind of start getting some minutes, a little bit more professional setup, but really unfortunate for him to get injured, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll be uh, playing North Texas um, for their next game on Sunday just a day after the Dynamo play um, FC Dallas. Yeah, obviously the Texas Derby is uh, the biggest match for these two teams. Uh, really heated rivalry. Uh, um, Dallas lately been taking those wins, uh, whether 
truly they you know there's a little bit of controversy uh with like memos rodriguez goal last season and then a couple fouls that could maybe gone the other way and would it help the dynamo get a lead but that's neither here or there i'm just hoping that um apple finally fix the cameras for them but yeah i guess before we go too much into the dallas match let's do uh kind of finish our talk with the dynamo over uh Play, or playing Seattle Sounders and losing 1-0. Man, Rodrigo, just I just want to get your thoughts on this match, man, just in general, and then we'll kind of dive on, on the uh, events. Honestly, there's really not much to take away from this. Um, after you get a red card in the, what was it, 20-something minute, 21st minute of the game, um, I, I, there's there's really no... No more plan for the game other than let's not lose. I feel like that's the mentality. You can't really do much. You can't really attack, especially against a a Sounders team that has really picked it up this season. And, you know, they look like they're old selves. They're first in the Western Conference. Um, Obviously, you know, they they have great players. They have a great team. And once you go down with a red car, there's, there's tactically, there's nothing you really do. Like you can't really try to, form a game plan that hey we're gonna you know get a goal or try to you know it's just it kind of sucks because you know we saw it during the week um, midweek against SKC and we just saw that their whole game plan kind of went out the door it was just defend and then we see it again and you try but at the same time they're gonna kill with the possession they're not gonna you know if you can't have the ball you can do anything Mm -hmm. um, other than defend and try to like maybe you know, counterattack since they're going to be pushing a lot of people up. You're just hoping for a quick counter, get them when they're, you know, it sucks, but what, get them when they're attacking you more than anything. So honestly, I watched this game and I watched all of it because I was thinking more like, hey, I hope we at least tie. You know, I hope at least yeah. we don't get score on and we keep that um, clean sheet record at home, uh, having lost at home kind of mentality and that's honestly it was kind of one of those things that like you you're almost like betting on a game and you're trying to like hopefully your outcome comes true just so you can win um I guess for me that was a scenario I was just kind of tuning in for that because I knew you know we weren't going to win against uh Sounders after that red card and then there's a second red card right and Herrera just kind of I mean I guess it's it was, it was foul. a second yellow. I mean, yeah, honestly, it's... the the second yellow um, wasn't like a big foul. The guy kind of flopped. Nico, Nico. I mean, it was more like a tactical Lado foul. But... Yeah. But I was going to say, but before that. that, before that, there was a few that were questionable, especially after the very first yellow that, you know, Achi Achi just gets in like an inch away from the ref and just starts screaming at him. I thought, yeah, you know, if they would have given him a red car, I would have seen it because you know the guys probably they go me they go they go but <laughs> that's a good video. But hey, uh, before we get too far along, man, look who decided to show up, Senor Putalias. He's always busy doing doing Putalias stuff, huh? What's up, Christian? What? What's good? What's good? What's good? Can you guys hear me well there? Yeah, man, we got you. There you go. Sir. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, man. We uh we didn't miss much. Uh, we just touched on the uh on the Houston Dash and Di- and Dynamo Dos. Um, and then now we're just talking Seattle Sounders, man. So Eat him did a good job of just 
basically describing what he saw on the uh, on the game. But we'll come come at you hot, man, by asking you about the red card. The first red card of me, Bossy. Uh, first, there's no call from the referee. Then it, uh, you know, the magical Holy Spirit touched the referee in the ear and was like, "Hey, buddy, go go check it on the big screen." Uh, and it ends up being a straight rev to Bossy. Um, just your thoughts on? I would let's just start with your thoughts on that red card, man. Um, well, it's it's weird because obviously if VAR wasn't a thing, I think we would still have eleven players on the field. That red card dictated a lot to to begin with, but you know it's it's one of those things that the the people that love VAR, you know, they're like, well, you know, it's a red card, you know, it's, it's a good good card, you know, it's it's it was obvious. I mean, it was steads up, going straight to the leg, could have broken the guy's leg, you know. Lodeiro sold it very well. I mean, I don't know how hard he he went in and and stuff like that. But if you hate VAR, you know, you're like, man, look at this machine, you know, messing up the game, you know, the game that we always played one specific way. And now this like coming like you can go in five minutes afterwards and kind of like dictate the game, like by looking at different plays and stuff like that. And obviously, like we we've been having this whole conversation the entire day, you know, in, in our group chat. Um, if VAR wasn't a thing, we like I said, we would still have 11 players. Um, but unfortunately it is part of the game. Uh, me, myself, I, I'm kind of like on the fence about it. Sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't like VAR. I just think it kills the, the emotion of the game and, you know, like just let it play. You know, it is what it is. Let's just play with human error. And if the ref sees it, he sees it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It is what it is. Like we'll, we'll just, you know, take the consequences as they are. But unfortunately, you know, we we have it, and and we and now like you're able to go back like five minutes before, and if there was a foul, there was a PK, there was a offsides, like your your tongue was sticking out, and and the right. guy wasn't, you know, had his tongue inside his mouth, then you know that's an offside right there. Well, and you know, you mentioned that we've been going back and forward all day, so you know, I feel like Rodrigo had some good points he made, and he definitely has a different view. So I'd be good to just. You know, hear both sides of the argument. Yeah, I mean, I think it's what what makes it hard for this is the position of the ref. You know, he's literally less than ten yards away when it happens, right in front of him. You know, you he well to us on you know broadcasting or if you're on in the field, maybe you can clearly see that he's looking at the play, like he's looking at what's going on. And I wouldn't say Lodeiro did a good job on selling it because all he did was just stay on the ground. You know, that's not really, you know, I guess if you would have heard like a loud scream, something like that, then I feel in that case, like the ref blows the whistle automatically. I mean, that's any player that ever gets fouled like that. If that happens, that's kind of like, okay, you know, you get the ref's attention. But the fact that he just stayed on the ground and the ref just kind of kept going around like, okay, I guess maybe we'll we'll take a look at it. Um, And then the second thing, I feel like anytime this kind of plays happen, usually it's an injury play. Like the Lodato would not get up and they'll have to sub him out. And I feel like that's normally what happens in the red car. You know, this, the player being able to continue like that and play the whole game is just kind of one of those things like that. It wasn't that big of a deal for him, I guess. Yes, it's, I get the the loss of the game and what you're trying to prevent is that injury. But when it's like that, I feel like 
nine out of 10 times that player is going to be subbed out. And I mean, we've seen it in other leagues. We've seen it in the MLS. Um, it's just one of those things that you're not really going to walk away from a foul like that. But if you do, I feel like you just get a caution. You get, get a yellow, like, Hey, don't do it again. This guy can still play. And that, that's so why I'm going to jump in because that, that was just my point of view. Uh, you know, we talked about the, the referee being really close to the play. Um, but he didn't even call a foul to begin with. Not, you know, it wasn't like it's a yellow, it's a red. No, he didn't even call a foul. He lets the play on, and then you go review it and you give a straight red. Like to me, there's why would it jump from literally no foul to a straight red? Like there, and that's just you know, not, I'm not gonna like sit here and just like crap on the that specific ref. It's just in general, right? We just see this inconsistent base of. Um, the fouls that don't seem like a yellow card, and they bam, you get a yellow card. And then fouls that you look like, man, this guy broke his like broke the guy in half, and barely got a yellow card. Like, well, what is up with that? Yeah, do. Yeah, especially when like the Dynamo have possession. You know, like you see a play on when like say Seattle, if they had the possession of it, and then they lost it, then they'll stop the play. You know, like hey, let me call this foul back, but. The fact that, you know, Dynamo kept possession and kind of basically said, like, okay, play on, and then, yes, the ball went out of bounds, and then they reviewed it. I feel like that kind of told you a lot. Like, he saw it, of obviously, like, oh, no, that's that's fine. But when you start looking at the finite details of the things, when you start seeing the videos in slow motion and then seeing still shots, like, you know, because to me, every time I get – and I'll, me and Dustin were going back at it because – uh, on this topic, because he's by the rule, right? He went and looked at the rule book to point out the fact that it like it doesn't say anywhere that if there's intention or not. If if he hits them and it's a dangerous play, you know, depending on the situation, it's a red card. And oh, you see the still shots, and I agree, it looks like he's hitting him directly in the middle of the leg. But Rodrigo said if he would have, like, if that was the case, then Lodeiro wasn't going to be playing the rest of the match. But if you go back and just look at the full replay how fast it's going. You do see that basically uh, whenever uh, Vasi reaches out his leg, he skims the middle part of uh, Ledo's uh, leg going all the way to his foot. And that's where he steps on him. You know, like that's where the actual foul happens. And for it to be, because you see Ledo on the ground the entire time t- grabbing his foot. He never grabbed like his knee or his, you know, the, his leg per se, like in that sense of, if if the video is showing you full speed that it look look where it's hitting him now you start stopping it's gonna look just different angles give you a different location of where the foul is happening so again to me it's not I I don't think yeah this that card obviously doesn't hurt your team of course uh, you know but blaming it directly on the goalie I mean on the referee it's not a big deal because other players on the team will you know, eventually fall into that similar play that it's a 50-50. And we know the Benny ball and aggressive nature of bring the nasty. You guys wanted to bring the nasty. Now you guys keep complaining. There's, you know, red cards happening. Um, A lot of these red cards or a lot of these fouls that cause the red cards definitely should have been a red card, you know, uh, because of just where the location of the field it is or the location of the, the kick that was received. But, yeah, if you guys want to add anything, man, feel free. I think my ramble went for a little longer than uh, I expected it to go. I I got something. I mean, 
the the red the Amin Bossy card is or VAR as a whole it just gives the opportunity for the ref to be wrong and then get corrected later, which is something that we we hate because you know we we're so used to you know kind of soccer being so fluid and and just kind of going and going and going, then being able to like go back in time it just kind of defeats the whole purpose of the sport in a way, you know like if it happened it happened. I think yeah. you know we we live. I mean, us two or us three. Sorry, we live in a world where we grew up like you know in the nineties, the early two thousands, where you know VAR wasn't a thing. You know, we're, and we used to like watching you know tough games. You know, in in La Liga Mexicana or in the Argentina League, Copa Libertadores, wherever it may be, even like Champions League, you're used to like seeing rough games where guys go at each other, and you know, yellow cards maybe are not thrown out. Or yeah. yellow or even red cards are not even right. thrown out, you know, that 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 easy. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like the Argentinian Super Classico, like there was eight yellow cards in the first half and there was none in the second half. And and that's also another thing that I saw, like for example, the the HH second yellow card. I I understand that it was a yellow card because it was a you know, it was a technical foul. The guy was, you know, build up play and stuff like that. But I think any other ref maybe in a different country maybe i don't know would have been like Play hey on. this is just, yeah. this is a warning next time you do something it's another yellow and you're out yeah. i think well, right now like they're so trigger happy to just like pull cards and it's like you know just how about a warning you know like the bossy it just the reason he had to go with the red is cuz it looked bad you know, it, it it looked dangerous, and and that was it. You know, yeah, and it we, looked bad in the still picture, right? Everybody exactly. So it looks bad. It looks bad. basically, it looks bad in yeah picture. So you have to go for a red. I mean, like we're saying, he saw it first person. You know, in the we all saw it, and it didn't look that bad in the beginning. And then obviously, once we look at the replay, we're like, damn, like. Bossy could have done damage and, if he could and have. And again, you know? I went into the fact that, again, that I mentioned earlier that Dustin said, nowhere in the rule does it say intention. And I understand yeah. that. But I think it, at the end of the day, you need to look at the, uh, you know, this is just modern day uh, times where people just take things out of context. And I think that's what you're doing here because, you know, if you're looking at everything, you take even just Bossy's body language, you know, is never you can he didn't you can definitely tell that he never saw Loredo pop up because if you see the play, Nicolas is like more towards the guy that first touched the ball and he pops up out of nowhere when the ball looks like it's going to Basi and Basi's just trying to shield that ball. You know, it's a normal reaction of trying to lift your leg to get over it. And uh and again, it was just one of those that out of nowhere. To me, it's very accidental. So that's why I would never give a red, a straight red to that because it's well, you have to see the perception as well. But yeah, ready go ahead because even even that Herrera Herrera red card um, or second yellow, I feel like at that point, like I feel like the ref already had money in the Dynamo losing or something because like yeah. there's already one red card in the game. The team's struggling. Why would you give a second one? Just like like Kristen said, just yeah. let it play. Like it's it's. Let it happen. Like it's and fine. Then, just and then go back to the one that could have no been a need. record that I felt was more of a record, which was Ethan Barlow. I mean, you know, that kid was just standing there. Ethan just completely targeted at him and flew, you know, with his elbow up. You know, it's not like he swung it out, but he went, you know, with his basically wing out 
the entire since he jumped and just took out the kid. That to me was more of a red card than any of the other two that you know happened. So, uh, and then for him to not do it, it's like, dude, that is that's if you're telling me, you know, you you saw this play and he was 25 yards away, right? Like he's way further away. He sees the collision and he just gives him the yellow, reviews it, nothing. Like it, it just makes no sense. Again, it's the consistency of place. And of course, you know, human error is there. So, and it's all into interpretation. So that makes it difficult for us. Again, we, I think, especially seeing it as fans, right? I mean, yeah, we cover the team and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just completely bash on the referees. But then, but as a fan, you see it as like, Where's the consistency, you know, as a fan and as a media person? Because you, you're you trying to figure out, you know, whenever an, uh, a duel happens, a 50-50 challenge, you want to know what the chances are he gets a yellow or a red card, right? Like, you kind of want to gauge it. Um, because it, it, it for me, it's easy. I, I'm definitely one of those that I see the foul, and I'm like, oh, that's a yellow. Sure enough, the guy comes, pulls out a yellow. Like, you know, it's easy to kind of notice which ones are fouls and which ones are not. And I think there's a massive inconsistency with pro referees, guys. Last thing, I mean, we have to remember that VAR has completely changed the game, and now we play with replays. So, you know, it's something that we didn't grow up using or playing with or, you know, just being accustomed to watching. But, I mean, we see that in, in you know, offside calls, we handballs, like literally every single aspect of the game has changed completely with VAR. And it's something that we're kind of getting used to. And, you know, some would say, quote unquote, as purists of the game, you know, we're like, man, that's dumb. Like that shouldn't be like that. But I mean, we're, we're at a point in our lives that the game is changing. Yeah. And as much as we hate it, like we're just going towards that change and well, you know, and, it is what it is. And I would, I would just add to your comment. I I like VAR. I think VAR is, you know, important to have. But there's some big gaps that it's like, why are we looking at this? You know, 90%, if you'd get nine, uh, you know, or nine out of 10 referees to decide on what it is, they'll probably go the opposite way. And I think when we're wasting so much time, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the, the, um, the Dynamo had the ball, Hold possession, ball goes out of bounds, and then we're going to go check it. I think they're just too lengthy. I think, you know, it has to be like a time limit of how quickly, you know, VAR can come and assist the referee to make the, you know, I I, I, I don't know if I want to say correct decision, but, a, you know, a decision that makes sense because if we're going five minutes. I mean, that tells you, that tells me that that play, they already looked at it for at least two minutes before they get the referee's attention. So if you're already looking at it for that long, then the referee goes and wastes another two, five minutes looking at it. What's the point of not really quickly realizing, you know what, that's a red card, man. You know, you know what, that's a foul. It, I don't know. That That's a difficult part of it. And Rodrigo, you watched EPL enough. I feel that there's some leagues like England um, that does a good job of quickly making some of those decisions. Yeah, of course, there's going to be gray areas. But there's just so much quicker in the response of, you know, the, I don't know, automation of, of all these people watching. And then you're on mute, by the way. And, yeah, I guess I guess the EPL is a little bit, you know, the standard of, like, what it should be. Because, yes, they're, they're basically the, the ref gets um, 
you know, calling his earpiece of like, hey, this is, you made the wrong decision. You have to do this. Or just a quick, like, you know, even with the linesman, the linesman sees something like, hey, that's a red car, you know, um, something like that. But the, the only downside in both MLS, EPL, whatever other league, what that's kind of like I hate, and this is kind of stepping away from fouls and red cars, is the VAR on offsides because they really try to measure like every little hair. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Look, look, like to that point, it kind of gets dumb. Like, just if if they're on, if they look like they're just, you know, I would say give advantage to the forward, you know, to the attacking team more than anything. But like, if it looks like it's level with the player, just go ahead and call it on size. Because to me, calling it offsides or whatever, just because, oh, but you got to look at his fingertip or something, you know, like look at his toe, like it's right level. Like that's just, yeah, it gets too, too kind of dumb with VAR. Yeah. And it wastes just time. It's just like a quick decision. Like, you know, you should be able to look at the screen and be like, okay, that's offsides or not. Right. But if you can't tell, just be like, no, he's onside. And again, it doesn't help the fact that like in this case, you know, and it happens often right in front of the referees, they don't see it. And I understand they have to look at a bunch of different areas per se, but in being a central referee, you're, you're looking at the ball and it's right in front of you. You tell me full speed, that's a red car, or, you know, it's a red card, but you, when you saw it in real time, you didn't see even a foul. It just doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. And that's the big issue, but just uh, the game itself, obviously, you know, um, first eight minutes happen. Then there's a one hour delay. They go back to it and the Dynamo starts shifting way. Um, you know, Seattle started really strong. Dynamo were finding their ways. We, that red card comes, completely changes the game, changes the scheme of everything. At the end of the match, Seattle finishes with 72% and uh, 28% for ball position for the Dynamo. And, you know, people may see this and, and they look at it and they don't even, yeah, we got a record. We got a, you know, two records. They, but they don't, they didn't watch the game, right? This was a game that was already going to be a tough opponent. Uh, I think just from the way that the Dynamo were doing better, uh, it, it seemed like a schemed uh, or a properly schemed uh, match from Olsen. And, and there, Roger, you talked about this. There's not a lot you can do when you lose one player, right? And then when you lose another, I mean, it took, and you have to see it, if you're a fan and you're disappointed, dude, it took two guys to be out of the team for Seattle to find a goal. Like, And it wasn't like they were doing major saves. Like, defensively, they had 12 shots, but none of them were, like, really big other than the goal. It, they weren't dangerous. The Dynamo did really well. And, you know, playing against the number one team on the Western Conference, there, there's no shame on it. I mean, it's. You know, you were hoping for that 0-0, especially after the red cards. It would have been counted like a, a victory. But taking that late goal uh, by a young kid that was debuting, you know, like it was just so perfect of a of a scenario for Seattle to have to, uh, you know, give the Dynamo their first loss at home. But, you know, I think overall the team is playing very well. Um, do we have, obviously... Uh, the attacking part is still clicking. No, they're not. They're struggling. Uh, Corey Barrett, you know, I, I don't know the guy personally. I wish him nothing but the best anytime. But I don't want to see him start as a striker for us, right? I think he can play as a winger. 
uh, whatever Sebastian Ferreira is happening. But I think at the end of the day, the future is with uh, with Ibrahim Aliyu. So it, it's good to be able to, you know, figure or see the game and understand that we're not there yet. You know, I think the defensive side of the game has improved tremendously from years past. But now we just have to get the offensive kick in. And uh, Ben has mentioned it quite a few times about he hopes that he can have both of them, you know, working at the same time in a game because that will produce the goals. That will produce everything. And I, I, obviously, I, I don't think we've had it. But, um, you know, I want to get you guys thoughts, I guess, on the match uh, just in general, like what you guys learned from it uh, before we move into the Minnesota and the Dallas match. So we'll kind of have to go a little quicker. But yeah, so again, it's just one of those that I feel like the Seattle Sounders match, this is a game that the Dynamo were likely going to win if they had 11 men on the field the entire time. But yeah, Christian. Um, I'm I honestly, I'm conflicted on, on this, on this game, because at one point we, we did feel like Maybe with nine men, we were playing pretty well. Uh, at least in a, in a defensive way, um, we we played a really good defensive game. I think we what we saw against uh, Sporting Kansas City during the U.S. Open Cup game, we kind of did the same thing. But obviously, you know, we I did also say in our group chat, you know, this Seattle Sounders is not Sporting Kansas City, so obviously they were going to give us a little bit more trouble than Sporting did. And the way that, you know, they were going to probably eventually score it. And they did at the end, uh, literally almost at the last minute. But I think we, we did well, you know, defensively and what was expected of them with the situation that we had. Um, honestly, I think we could have had a little bit more opportunity to maybe score or not or like get dangerous in a way. But obviously, you know, you, you already mentioned Corey Baird. And, you know, I, I think it, it's worth mentioning that we had maybe some chances where Corey Baird and Coco and maybe, I don't know, maybe another player would go into the attack and get dangerous when we had 10 and then when we had 9-2. And it, it just seems like he would, like, run out, out of ideas, you know, when he would get to the final third of the field. And it was just very frustrating because it could have been a game changer completely going in into that last third. And you're like, well, you know, we're down two men. We are defending the whole entire game. We know what we're doing. You know, we're going to park the bus um, and try to get one point at least out of this game against a really good team that is Seattle Sounders. And if we can get just one goal or maybe a shot on goal, that would be great. And then unfortunately, you know, just nothing you know, against Corey Baird, but that was our only offensive player at the moment. It's like, bro, like, let, let's let's go forward or do something or, you know, just take on players, take on a defender one-on-one, you know, push up, I don't know, do something type thing. And and eventually he would either lose the ball or come back, you know, to, to drop off the ball back again. And it was just very frustrating. Uh, so on one hand, I think we did really good defensively. I think we did really good in just doing the the whole counterattacking portion of it. And we did have some like, you know, quote unquote, real chances to kind of get back at them and surprise yeah. them. But at the same time, you know, kind of what, you know, uh, Ben Olsen was saying is that we shot ourselves in our, you know, in our own foot, you know, to win games, you're going to need every single player on the field. 
and we had stupid mistakes from, you know, obviously we already talked about bossy. It could have been a red card. Couldn't have it. it well, you know. And one thing I was going to ask, and Rodrigo may want to add already some to this, but Rodrigo, just the changes. I don't know if it felt the same. You know, obviously I was at the game uh, watching it from the media booth, but um, just seeing like first half ends and Nelson Quinones already was ready to come in. He had his, you know, his um, jersey on and just a penny over it. He looked like he was ready and they talked to him for quite a bit. We never saw him come in, you know, at least at the half. And then they pull uh, him to the side and then they bring Quinones and same thing. Um, he kept Quinones, I mean, not Quinones, sorry, Caicedo. He uh, uh, brought in Caicedo to the bench to talk to him. And he kept him on the bench like six or, I shoot, probably 10 minutes before he decides to make the sub. And it happened after the freaking goal, you know, or sorry, after the second red card. So it's like you're putting yourself in bad situations. So I don't know if you want to add anything or if you maybe it's maybe just me seeing that not that he's making bad changes. I just think he's not timing them correctly. Well, I mean, yeah, and honestly, that's what I was going to bring up right now, just because what, what Chris is saying, you know, we saw a little bit, but not a lot. And yes, if we had maybe 11 guys on the field, 90 minutes, we probably would have had a competitive match against them. Um, so defensively, yes, I think the Dynamo has improved a lot, especially from last season. But when it comes to the substitutions, man, you you know your players. You saw it midweek against SKC, how, like I mentioned earlier, how they just collapsed on the field after 90 minutes. And you're basically left with 10 men for, what are we looking at, um, 70 minutes almost. And you don't think of like, hey, let me bring fresh legs in in the 60-something minute. You know, let me just put in – and you get five substitutions in MLS. So, like, why yeah. not just basically throw in a whole new fresh of legs? Take a Corey Baird, or, put another goalie in, goddamn it. Just make something happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just – you know, at this point, you're not even trying to play creatively. You know, if you're trying to be like, well, no, it's because I need those subs to do this for me. In the, I don't know, 85th minute, because I feel like if Herrera wouldn't have had a red car then, and, you know, in five minutes left of the game, then we could have, like, score our goal. Like, no, I feel like that's just kind of dumb. Like, hey, it's 60-something minutes in. Let me just do a whole sub-in, sub-out um, by position. Five player, you know, five, you know, new guys, fresh legs. Yeah. Well, I think that's where, I think that's where he really failed on the whole game. Of, you know, like the only thing you could have you could have fixed after the red card was that just yeah. hey, let me get fresh guys in, and hopefully, you know, we can keep it a draw. Because yeah, at that point, is not a disappointment or a disappointment if you are you know if you end up conceding early right after the red card. Like it's it's understandable, but now whenever you've just shielded and backed off for so long. And again, I think the Quinones, as soon as I saw Quinones, I'm like, that's perfect. You know, now we're going to know that he has not, uh, you know, 10 men on the field and they're going to use speed to try to get, you know, breakthrough. And then same thing, because we, uh, Ibrahim was on the bench. Like he, it, it took him a little longer to come in, but it's like, how are you not adding some kind of, you know, 
quick transition uh, player that can get you something out of this already on paper, like a lost match, right? So again, if you get a red card, usually you're going to lose a match. That's usually how it goes. But, you know, just finishing with this, guys, I think the Dynamo have been playing well so far that, you know, right now they're sitting in seventh place. Uh, they will just because they have two games uh, still not played. They're not necessarily uh, a, a third of the matches, but um, I think they've been playing well. And now they play against Minnesota United, who they'll face uh, this week and then the week after that uh, for the US Open Cup, two different matches altogether. But um, you know now, Christian, that you won't have Hector Herrera. I mean, Bossy's out. And then obviously we know all the guys that have injuries. And then Fubmov at least says that, you know, Shevchenko or Shitchenko uh, has an abdominal injury and is going to be out till at least mid-June. Granted, I nobody has reported this, so, you know, who knows if it's true or not, but that's the first time that I see it pop up um, because I think for a while I still said May. So it's weird that if that is the case. So, again, there's some guys that, um, and especially in the defensive group, are not terrible, Christian, but... You know, the lineup itself, man, how much do you think is going to rotate? I mean, we know, you know, the the must-do changes due to the suspension, but what do you think uh, Ben Olsen would feel against his Minnesota United team on Wednesday? I mean, honestly, I don't want to be in his shoes right now. Just looking at the looking at the calendar, looking at the schedule, it's really rough, rough games after rough games. And not only that, are they like really difficult games, but there's not a lot of days in between them. You know, you have league cup, uh, um, not league cup. You have a, you know, a cup for the league or a game for the league. And then you have a U.S. open cup game. And then, you know, just kind of going back and forth, back and forth. I, I think for the next two to three weeks, we have a game like every three to four days. So rotation, rotation, rotation is going to be his best friend. And, you know, looking at the looking like we were just talking about looking at the substitutions, you know, he looks like he's a late substitutor, if that's a word. And he doesn't look like. Oh, it's definitely a word. Yeah. I mean, if not, we just made it up. Well, we'll add it to Benny Ball. There you go. So one of the descriptions of it. it, it, It's hard because, you know, you got Minnesota and then you have a, you know, a classical, you have a derby. Just like, do do you kind of go all out for Minnesota or do you just wait and just kind of go out for, for Frisco? And then after that, you have, you know, Austin and then you have Minnesota again. It's like, it, it's kind of rough because then, you know, you have to think about like, do I really want to go for this U.S. Open Cup? So like, do I hold my guys to go for this U.S. Open Cup or do I go with my first team guys for the U.S.? You know, it's. Gee, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it up to him, honestly. I yeah, don't it's, know it's I definitely do. tricky. Definitely but, tricky. But, Rodrigo, what are your thoughts on it, man? No, I mean, I feel like, especially after Bossy and Herrera are going to be out against Minnesota, I feel like Minnesota just lost against SKC 3-0, and SKC has been very bad all season. And, you know, we're bad at away, but I feel like this is a game you just go into thinking if we lose or draw, that's a whatever, you know. Well, not whatever, but, you know, like, if we can win or draw, that's yeah. good for us. If we lose, that's kind of expected. I right. feel like you really need to, you know, go all out against Dallas because rivalry match. And plus, Dallas is doing – they're pretty, you know, up there on the table doing well. 
And yes, we have two two um, less games in them right now, but at least that can help us get back into you know that or keep us afloat on that the table. Like I would hate to drop below, I guess, playoff spots at this point, just because you know com- compared to last season and what we've seen in the past years, it's like I feel like we're finally starting to play a pretty consistent game overall. Like there's kind of a clear vision other than not having the right pieces on top that they can score. But I think eventually that's going to change and hopefully there's going to be some changes made that are going to help us acquire or make that transition where we can start scoring goals, get that forward, get that right piece that can connect everything um, on the, you know. And, and I think at this point, you know, you know, Sebastian Ferreira wasn't a player, obviously, that Olsen uh, brought in or likes in, uh, for him to fit or doesn't fit his system that it likes for, but it doesn't fit his system, right? And so now I think we're able to judge him and Pat Onset even more with this Ibrahim gate, right? It looks like it's a guy they uh, are very hyped on or very high on him uh, on what he's shown in practice and stuff like that. So... I think that they want to be able to, uh, you know, prove a point that this is the guy that exactly they want it. Or yeah, Roger, you want? It looks like no. you want to say something. Go for it. Yeah, something stupid. But like, or or there's a <laughs> certain number nine is going to be a free agent in the next couple of weeks. In the next couple of weeks, could that be? Yeah, Rudy knows. Rudy knows. Oh, could that he be? knows. He knows. Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Blue. You know, I was gonna say, <laughs> but it looks like St. Louis wants him, man. They're gonna pay like, nah, I think they said Barcelona is going. He's going to Barcelona, but I mean, imagine a player like that. That's but was Firmino a, a true number system, false well, nine? Yeah, yeah, that's a false nine. Okay, that's, I, honestly, that's I don't. I honestly, I thought he was a winger. So, what? It, yeah, I even watch. I, he was a <laughs> <you> even watch? <laughs> I don't watch. That's your team, bro. Yeah, but that's still like. Team. That's the best false nine in the EPL in like I don't know how many years. I thought he was, but anyways, blind. he would, he he would to me he would fit perfectly just because you let the the wingers that we have right now, you know, especially the young guys. Well, Rodrigo, um, you're dreaming right work. now. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to reality, man. We, I mean, I would love to bring him. I would love to bring Messi, maybe even Ronaldo. Shit, at this point, just to bring something. But but no, but my point is that you know the reality of okay, now you have. Uh, number nine in Ibrahim that you know is poised to be the one that you know throws god this what is it Sebastian Ferreira like fourth in the depth chart at this point would you say no. that's accurate uh, fourth yeah fourth I don't know I think he's just playing left out at this point <laughs> that's what I'm saying I, I don't not that he's not the most talented out of those four but you know, we know, you know, Christian, we've talked about this. You know, if you don't fit the system as much as we don't like to see Bear yeah. out there, but he's producing the work. Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing frustrating, I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say the only thing frustrating with all that is I feel like Ben at this point should just say, like, hey, he's not going to be part of the team. You know, instead of giving this hope of like, hey, you guys have a DP on your bench. Why don't you use him? Like, I feel like at this point, it's just kind of like he should just address him and be like, but- hey, we, he doesn't fit our system. He's a bench other, player for me. Let the me other just... side of it is just that 
you know, Ferreira, it looks like he's getting to shape. You know, we've seen him play out there. He doesn't look as bad as he did in the beginning. He's not, it's not a natural thing for him. You know, Corey Baird can run for, shoot. He can be like next to, um, what's the guy? Uh, Forrest Gump, man, and just run across country in like a day, basically. Because this guy is just never stopping. And then Ferreira, you know, he does like three, five sprints, like me. And it's like winded, you know, like trying to look for, for uh, uh, a corn. to sit on. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but but it, it's just interesting to know. And then obviously with this, um, you know, Christian mentioned there's a game on this Wednesday. There's a game on Saturday. There's a game on Tuesday. There's a game on Saturday. There's a game on Wednesday. Game on Saturday. They have a week off Saturday, Wednesday. It, it's crazy. Like this schedule um, you know, you quickly you can get out of a good standing, especially because if you look at the uh, teams that you're facing, every single one of them is on the West Conference. So, you know, those those points are vital. And, you know, you go on a bad, you know, losing streak here, you are probably out of the playoffs, you know, by the time that uh, June and July start kicking in, you know, those middle months. But, you know, just in Minnesota, United um, – um, Christian, we know that Bevelo is not there. It doesn't, you may know a little bit more who he hit, uh, yeah. and the story behind it. But, uh, you know, obviously, Minnesota, that looking at the table, we're uh, the Dynamo just a little higher than them on the table right now. Um, I think they do miss a number 10 that they had and Reynoso, so there may be a little loss. But, you know, coming into this match, even with rotations and whatnot, do you think the Dynamo could? you know, get points out of this match or uh, is this the match maybe not to to kind of try to put your main starters? No, I mean, we know that to win, you have to score, right? I mean, pretty obvious, right? I think is soccer one, one, right? Right, exactly. And when you look at the, when you look at this Dynamo, like one thing that we like is goals. And, and you know, we, we already talked, I mean, you guys talked about Baird. He's a runner. He does what the coach wa- wants him to do, but you cannot win defending. I mean, maybe you can, but not really, right? You you can only win when you yeah, attack. Yeah, no, I think hit. that defense wins your championships. That's pretty much in every sport, but you're yeah. hoping that they can build that chemistry on top. Yeah, and, and honestly, there's no chemistry whatsoever. So until we find some goals and we find somebody that can put the ball in the back of the net, and and let's be honest, you know, Bossy is not that guy. Herrera is not that guy. Ivan uh, Ivan Franco is not that guy. Um, Coco is not that guy. We don't have a guy. We don't have a goals guy. Baird is not that guy. We don't have a guy that we're like, well, you know what? He's gonna give us a goal. Yeah, we don't. We don't have a Nicolas Lodeiro. You know, we don't yeah. have a, a number ten that can, you know, take responsibility. You know, fake injuries if you want. But you know, there's some. You need some of those guys that can. You know, be make an impact all over the field, not just when the ball's on their feet. And we do not have that. We were close with Darwin Quintero, you know, one of your favorite players of the Dynamo Christian. But uh <laughs> but it's a guy that the talent was there. He had the vision. Granted, he missed he had a lot of other stuff not there defensively and stuff like that at times, but but you don't have a guy that can just, you know, you need that number 10 that can just slow down as soon as he gets the ball. And read where the opening is and just destroy the you know defense by giving a really good ball to the to that guy wide open or whatever. So I'm with you, man. I still 
you don't necessarily need a specific number 10, but you just need somebody in the attack that can play that uh, role, if that makes sense. And, and, uh, and, and I mean, right now, honestly, our hope is that Asher and Pat and literally everybody that does analytics and the club that, you know, we just kind of hired, they're right about, you know, this new Ibrahim kid, you know? That's basically all our hope, all our hopes and dreams are, you know, no pressure if you're listening, but all, you know, kind of our hopes and dreams are on this kid. Oh, as a fan, that's absolutely right. But the people that are on their line are like Pat Onstead, man. There's more than just, you know, hopes and dreams there that if you, they don't get it right, you know, it's, it's going to start dropping, man. Yeah. They're going to drop like bugs. Roger, you want anything? No, I mean, I don't think we need a number 10, but just say, yeah. well, you know, yeah, sense, you, like, we don't I, need a number me, 10, just somebody a false can feel more comfortable on the ball. And I think like with Ivan Franco, he's a player that we brought thinking he had similar stuff like that. We know Coco is very limited. You know, he gets all the way to the, you know, a position's box and he does not know what to do with it really, you know, in reality, uh, when it comes to, you know, either leading somebody else to scoring or just taking a shot or whatever it may be. So I think a player like that, you know, even if he's not the best player out there, but even somebody that can come in and, uh, you know, late in the, in the second half and, and start being able to doing those, you know, um, taking the role of, of just a possession ball control player they can distribute. I think that's the only way that the dynamo, the way Ben wants them to play would work. I want to say I want to say something. I want to say that this is not the worst like we are not as bad as we think we are and then also we are not as good as we think we are. I think we're right in the middle. I mean it's, it's kind of weird and stupid, but we're like very we're a very middle table team. And if we can beat out our other and middle the table, table shows teams, it. Look at yeah, you. Man. Literally, the right? Is brilliant. Um Damn, I forgot what I was going to say. But I just also, I, I mean, a lot of people like, I mean, also, we are not, you know, when it comes to the whole, we are not as bad as we think we are. When you look at this team, I think we have the most talents in this roster than probably in the last four to five years. And, and you know, if you're going to sit there and just kind of like talk down or talk shit about this team comparing them to any other year that we have had then you are completely wrong in my opinion and you just kind of have to like look at you know get your eye get your eyes fixed or checked out and make sure that you you know you're watching the the right game um if you think this this team is completely trash because there's some talent there obviously we're still kind of building it right as we go yeah i think the main thing is you know we know how important goals are and when they see it their team not score goals or not score a lot of goals this team sucks you know we won but we only won by one goal like this team sucks like you know it, it it's a bad mentality to have because at the end of the day one goal look at seattle they get one goal against the dynamo with like three minutes before the end of the match and to them, it's the biggest win ever. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You're still getting three points. Uh, you know, doesn't matter if it was fair or not that one team had, you know, nine players and the other one had 11 the entire match. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, getting that three points 
it's fantastic. I think Seattle did not want the zero zero just because it didn't make sense. You know, they had the big advantage and for them getting the three points was important. So, you know, as a fan, if you're seeing that, you know, you're not winning by a lot of goals, I mean, look at teams like um, under the guy that is with Nashville and well, granted Nashville is the same thing. Yeah, he the guy uh I can't think of his name, but he won the championship uh with Colorado and he barely scored any goals. We talked about the same thing with like even you know what is it, Spain. How many goals did they get Rodrigo in the World Cup? Like eight goals, nine goals? Like they didn't get many in the yeah. World Cup when they won it. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Yes, it's a pretty, it's a flashy. Look, this is the best that Dynamo have looked in, in quite a long time. It's not the greatest thing ever. It's not the firepower that we were used to with, you know, 2017, 2018 with Kyoto and, and Albert Deli's destroying everything in their path. But the results are happening. We are seeing a shift. We're not just, you know, uh, what is it, crumbling at the end except for the Seattle match. But again, Two men down, man, for such a long time, it's understandable. But, you know, Minnesota, very important match. I think um, the match, obviously, they're going to have to rotate some players. Uh, I, if it was me, I would probably sit players like Arthur, just I don't want to get him hurt. The guy played his butt off against Seattle, and he ran a lot, you know, to try to cover the space that Herrera left and then Basio left too. So if it was me, I would try to save as many players as I could, but definitely, you know, putting your better talented out, talent out there because I think Minnesota is a team that you could beat uh, or at least get some points away. And then, guys, least to the Dallas match. You know, Dallas on Saturday. Um, also, keep it on your calendars. We are going to be at 7th Avenue. At least it's probably going to be me and Christian because uh, there's a dash game and I think money. And Dustin's going to go to that game. Manny to cover it. Dustin's going to go with his kid, most likely. But, um, yeah, going into that match, Christian, we've talked about, you know, especially whenever we do our, our shows for Encanchados, you know, and get into classics and classicos happening. Uh, we know how important this match is. You know, they maybe the MLS and, and the U.S. soccer doesn't see it that way anymore. They're you know, completely focus on the uh, El Trafico and all this newer um, newer derbies. But, man, the importance of the Dallas against Houston, you know what it is. We went there last season uh, to see the game, man. Just your thoughts on, on the match and your expectations of the match itself. It's going to be a good game. I mean, both teams are – I mean, Dallas is, it has a really good squad. They've been playing pretty good these past couple of years or so. And the Dynamo probably has – like I just said, they have the best team yet in the last few years. And I think this time around we could give them a little bit more fight. Um, you know, these derbies are always pretty close just because they're derbies. And so you're always, like, fighting – with you know like we say in spanish with with the knife between your teeth like you're going to war right um but like we always say you know derbies you don't play them you win them you know you can win them one zero you can win them two one it doesn't matter how you play them it just matters that you win them if we go over there we score one in the minute two and then we sit back for you know the other 88 minutes i'm down with that i don't care 
uh, I'm not looking for pretty. I'm looking for three points. And that's just the way that I play the, yes. the game. You know, some people love to play pretty, you know, but, you know, that's only if you're a river. Hey, yeah. I, I, no, here. I was going to say, ask Arsenal where that led them, man. Exactly. Ask Arsenal. Yeah, yeah uh. exactly. You you, you got to play to win. And, you know, especially in these matches, these matches are are completely different. You know, they're they're worth the same. But, you know, in in the sense of like, like in a spiritual sense, you know, if we want to go crazy, like they mean so much more because winning a derby game can, you know, push you through, you know, to bigger and better things. I mean, a lot of teams, you know, winning in, in other countries and stuff like that, you know, it's such a boost emotionally to win a derby that, you know, it literally takes your team to a whole nother planet, you know, emotionally and, and as a group. You know, and then after that, you're looking at, at another game against Minnesota at home for an open cup game that, you know, we're getting towards the end of that. And, you know, coming off a win of a derby against Dallas in Dallas, you know, would give you all the energy to take on Minnesota, you know, head on and, and continue to push forward as a group, as a team. And we've been seeing that this team and this group has been doing a lot like you can see that they're pretty, you know, united and very close to each other. You know, we we see it in the background when we go into the locker room. We see it, you know, when, when we when they celebrate, you know, in the halls of uh, PNC Stadium or whatever the fuck the stadium is called. And we we see that, you know, we see that the happiness, we see the joy, we see Ben Olsen, you know, get on their asses when when we lose. And you know, they get mad when they lose. They win when when they win. They're all super excited and you know out of this world. So a win over there would mean the world, not only to, to the players, but also to the fans. And I think it would be great to heading into that U S open cup game. Could, Cause me personally, U S open game, it's fucking, you know, it's one of those games that one of those yeah. cups that we have to go for, you know, it is what it is, you know, we're, we know we're not going to win the MLS. So let's just try to get a spot, you know, into CONCACAF with that, you know, it's, it's our clearest chance or easiest chance to get there. I like how you say one of the scuffs that we have to go for. Like, there's that many. <laughs> there's only two, no, man. We, and we're well, going. Actually, there's three. There's three, and we're going for it, man. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. the one that we should reach for. Cause it's and they're fun, though. They're, I think they're fun. Like, oh, they're fun. Games. Hell yeah, they're, they're fun. Like, they're like watching Argentina against Holland all over again. You know, the, the, the intensity <laughs> of it's going to, it can go to PKs, and, you know, you're, you're yeah. shitting bricks, man. Just in general. I yeah. mean, look, look, you should have seen, you should have seen me and Rudy against Sporting Kansas City. Like, oh man, yeah, that <laughs> was crazy. We all, we were all puckered up, man. <laughs> we were just definitely not in the good. Everything was pretty scary at times, for sure, man. It, it's and again, it goes shoot. I, elimination matches doesn't matter. Um, you know what you're watching. You can watch like high school soccer. You can watch, you know, high school football. Like, you know, when it's playoffs and, and everything's on the line, those are so fun, so nerve-wracking. They're supposed, you know, watching the matches, they're supposed to, I tell my wife that they're uh, stress relievers. They're the opposite. You know, there's a, there's, and you guys know it, you know, your blood is pumping, your veins are about to pop, like you're nervous the entire time, especially when you're down. And when your team scores, what greater feeling there is, right? When when your team scores and, and you get that win, there's nothing like it. And uh, but even then, like you celebrate it uh, or you celebrate those matches um, expecting 
a lot of emotion and but you don't know which way it's gonna go <laughs> for sure huge week for sure for this team yeah so again dallas i mean there's really no saying here right we all want them to win we want them to go over there you know and get all three points if you get one point fantastic if you get a loss like Rodrigo mentioned earlier we're not great on the road so it, you know it shouldn't necessarily shock you as a fan or a lot of people are probably going to start doing the bin bin out hashtags probably if you know we lose two more matches in a row. You don't know, but my point is that these are matches that we love to watch, man. They're just so fun. And Rodrigo's going to be there, uh, most likely covering the game there. And like I mentioned, we'll be at Senate Avenue, so come hang out with us um, as well. Rodrigo, what do you want to add on, on this Dallas-Houston match, man? I'll be there. I'll probably be around a sea of Dallas people. But I'll be there sporting my jersey if I can. I, I still got to. I'm, I'm still debating what kind of tickets I should get or where should I sit. There's like literally one spot that I can sit behind the dynamo bench. Yeah. Um. So that'll be kind of fun. But at the same time, I think it blocks your view. But that could be my chance to get that. fan officially meet Herrera <laughs> and ask for the jersey. You know he's not going to travel though. He's oh wait no he'll be playing he'll be yeah he'll be playing he'll, he'll travel to that one. There's That's no what way I'm missing that. Sorry, I, I mean if he misses it then I'm yeah. thinking the next is the next game right away. But no man, I think uh, yeah that's the game again. We all went over there last season. It was one of those that Houston played better, but pro referee did his and consistency, and uh, there's a lot of uh, controversy on that match. So. I'm excited, man. Dallas against Houston, super excited. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun match, man. It's going to be a fun match. But if you guys want to add anything else, feel free. If not, Christian, man, I guess tell people how they can connect with us and uh, about our sponsor. Uh, no, let's just go to Dallas and whoop their ass. That's it. I mean, let's just do that. But uh, also, if you can't ride to Dallas, if you can't make it out to the game out there, if you're not on the bus or if you're not driving over there, don't forget to come and check us out, man. We're going to be at Senate Avenue Brewing Company out there in Jersey Village, right off, uh, I was going to say 1960. I was like, what? No. Uh, 290, 290 and Bell. Bellway. 290, yeah. Don't, I'm not going to mislead people. But right there at 290 Bellway, Jersey Village, come check us out. We're going to be out there watching the game. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people there uh, going there to like just hang out. And then a lot of us are going to be there to watch the Derby. So come hang out. If you can't make it out to Dallas, make it out to Jersey Village. They're almost about the about the same about the same amount of time, <laughs> no matter where you're at in, in Houston. Um, but other than that, uh, don't forget, you can find Rudy at Rudy Segura. Zero three, and you can find Rudy. No, sorry, Rudy Segura three, and then Rudy, and then Rodrigo at Rodrigo Segura zero one. You can find me at Chris Putalias, and you can find us at Bayou City Soccer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can go to the website BayouCitySoccer.net. Don't forget, we do have a store, and we have a lot of cool merch there from mugs, hats, t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and everything in between. So go check them out over there. And, uh, get some fingers crossed on. if you see us at San Avenue, I'll take some uh Dynamo Theory stickers and Bio City Soccer stickers. They should be in hopefully before the match, man. 
Yeah, come say hi. We we're gonna be out there. Um, I'm gonna try to take my stuff so we can kind of stream or something. We'll figure something out. But if not, just come hang out, talk shit. You know, if you if you want to talk <laughs> shit to me or Rudy, we'll be there. Don't talk shit. Love it. If sorry, I didn't mean I didn't mean to do that. You good? Damn it. Rudy said, "No, nah, stop talking." Sorry, I, I was trying to <laughs> mute, unmute myself, and I kept hitting you. But, but yeah, no, come check us out, man, and let, let's debate. Let's talk about soccer. Well, I was gonna say, oh, if you're from Dallas, please don't show up because it's not gonna, it's not gonna be fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna lose. You're gonna cry. We we don't want anybody crying that day. Yeah. Not in front of your kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in front of your family and children. Stay home. Oh. <laughs> We're out of the Achievers guy, too. Uh, I know. All I can think about is that guy. I'm going to have to show it to Christian. That's what it's like. Video. <laughs> I didn't even find it. I just thought about oh that video. That's, that's the same thing I thought about right now. But yeah. anyways, guys, you know, follow us. Interact with us. And again, we appreciate all the love and support you guys give us. And we thank you for listening. And remember to... Hold it down and keep it forever orange.